This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Mike Hill. Mike, how's it going? Good, P. What's up, man? How you feeling, brother? Doing good. Uh, appreciate you coming on. I know we've been trying to get it done for a couple of weeks now. I know. I know. I'm sorry about that, man. Just life has been hectic. Uh, yeah. It's a good thing. Been busy. So, uh, you know, finally got around to it. And uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you mentioned being busy. I know you got a lot going on. I know I saw you came out with a new book. Uh, you're a new network. You're starting with a couple other people. Um, how's all that going? And just like, how did you end up doing all that, like through the pandemic? Uh, it's been just crazy, man. It's been all through God and his will, you know, always giving praise to him. But um, the book came about. Uh, just been something I've been thinking about for a long time. I actually started writing it about four years ago and it just kind of came out. It was because I needed to come out. So uh, a lot of therapy that was involved became very therapeutic. So uh, that was good. And, and now I'm using that as my platform to have other people help themselves when it comes to mental health and a lot of the things that really affects them in their lives. And uh, their lives of their loved ones but the bnc you know that's my new network uh left fox soul and i uh, got an opportunity to be a morning show host that is one of the reasons why uh it was hard to catch up with me because <laughs> my schedule is freaking crazy right now man like i have to wake up at midnight i get up at midnight and my show's on at three o'clock in the morning out here so I'm on from three until seven in the morning. So my whole schedule is ass backwards right now. So I apologize if I start saying something that's crazy, but my mind ain't really here right now, man. So, but it's been fun. It's been great. And I'm grateful for the opportunity, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Now just like going from like the morning, I mean, going to now the morning show, like what's been the difference, like the learning experiences being at ESPN and Fox sports and Fox sports and then Fox, Fox, uh, uh, soul. Yeah, it's, it's a different mindset. I mean, it's, it's similar. Some kind of Fox Soul kind of prepared me a little bit because it was a talk show. But, you know, I've been doing sports for so long. And, you know, I enjoyed the sports. I was still passionate about sports. But I felt like my voice was growing. And I felt like uh, my passions for other things outside of sports was growing. So I needed to have a different voice and a different platform. So uh, other than the different times and trying to get my body clock right, I mean, it's a minor adjustment. It's a challenge because it's more hard news than I've ever done before in my whole career. Uh, but at the same time, once again, it's something that I'm really passionate about because I found myself just watching hard news all the time, watching CNN, a little bit of Fox and MSNBC and, and just listening to it on the radio when I'm driving around or whatever. I became that old man, like your granddaddy, that you should just listen to the news and watch the news all the time. You couldn't talk. When Tom Brokaw came on, you're too young to remember Tom Brokaw and Peter Jennings, but they used to be the people we used to listen to on ABC and NBC. But those are the people that my grandpa or, or granddad, I mean, when grandma used to listen to, and you couldn't talk. So I become that person now. Uh, and that's what I'm passionate about. And that's why I enjoy, you know, doing what I'm doing. But we also have fun on the show. So it's, it's a mixture of everything. It's, it's just been a dream come true. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, yeah, just going back um, to your childhood, I know you grew up in, in the Bronx in Alabama. Um, yeah. Like what, like, did you always want to be a broadcaster? You know, uh, not really, not until I was in high school when I realized I sucked playing sports. You know, I, I thought I was going to be an athlete like a lot of people that become sportscasts. I'm like, yeah, I can play sports. And like, this shit ain't going to go nowhere. I ain't going to make it in the NBA. I ain't going to make it in college. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I was okay. I was good, but I wasn't great. I was far from it. 
I was actually sometimes against the, the right competition or maybe in my case, the wrong competition. I was downright sorry. I, I suck, you know? So, but I realized I love sports and I had a passion for it. So I wanted to stay into it. So uh, that's the reason I kind of got into journalism. I had a, a uncle who was a journalist, uh, a TV reporter, and I saw him doing it. I saw other people on television that looked like me at the time doing it. And I said, hey, you know what? I kind of like that. So I can kill two birds with one stone. I can still stay in sports, still have my passion and actually have a job doing something I love, man. So it's paid off. Been doing it for 26 years now. I'd be 20, damn, on February 28th, it was 26 years in the business, man. The day I got out of the military, uh, 1995 was February 28th. And the same day I got out of the military is the day I got my first job in broadcasting. So it's been a blessing. It's been a, a real blessing over half my life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was going to touch on that too. You're in the Air Force. Uh, like what made you go uh, right out of high school to there? Well, my ass wasn't ready for college, bro. I <laughs> wouldn't have It wouldn't worked out. I wouldn't, I would not have lasted. I, you know, I didn't have the discipline to do things on my own. Now, I was a good student when I applied myself. The problem was I wasn't disciplined enough to apply myself. And if somebody told me, hey, you're going to be on your own. Your mom ain't going to wake you up in the morning. Your daddy ain't going to do anything to make sure you get up and go to school and, and hold you accountable. Nah, I probably just gone there and wasted some money. So I wasn't ready. So the reason I went into the military was, you know, I felt like, okay, I can do something, stay there, stay disciplined, make some money. And then if I wanted to go to college, which I did later, I could do that, you know? So that was a route that I took. It was the right route. I had two cousins that I looked up to that were in the military. I saw the kind of cars they were driving. You got to understand a kid growing up in the hood, you know, you ain't got a lot of stuff. You see your cousins driving the right kind of cars, wearing the right kind of clothes, smelling the right kind of way with some money in their pocket. I'm like, the military is for me. So that's the reason I went into the military for the first thing, but the discipline and the aspect of, okay, I can make some money for college and it works out for you, uh, then, you know, that's what I'm going to do. And it worked out for me. How long were you in the military for? I was in there for six years. In okay. the and then, so, so how old were you when you went to college? Uh, I, I went to college while I was in the Air Force. So oh, okay. the thing is, man, I, I was married. I got married my first year in the military. I was in the military. I had a part-time job and I went to school as well on top of that <laughs> and had an internship. So I really, from the age of, I'd say from the age of 19 until the age of shit, 25, 20, when I get up, yeah, 25, I really had no life. I didn't live my life. Uh, I didn't, that, that kind of makes me think about certain things, to be honest with you, because it, it may, um, and I'm gonna talk to my therapist about this tomorrow. You know, I always come up with certain things, so sorry, for, forgive me, but I'm talking to my therapist. Maybe, maybe that's one of the reasons I was so wild because I wasn't really, even though I was married, I never really, sold my oats i never really had fun never really got out you know mm -hmm. what i mean and then but being married i had a you know a friend obviously or my wife or whatever but you know if she wasn't around not doing anything i was working all the time i just you know maybe I, that's one of the reasons i don't know i'm just kind of talking to myself right now like i said i'm gonna do that from time to time because i'm sleepy bro but at the same time i just kind of thought dawned on me man from the time i was i sacrificed a lot yeah. And this is a lesson for a lot of people that say they want to get into a certain business or do a certain thing. Sometimes you got to sacrifice certain things like fun mm -hmm. uh, in order to, 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 to work hard to get to where you want to get uh, professionally. And then once you get there, then you can have that fun because guess what? You're doing something that you love doing professionally. You wake up in the morning, you start making more money. When you make more money, you have access to things to mm -hmm. do that makes you happy and is a lot more fun. So yeah, I, I sacrificed a lot early in my life 
to be able to have the, the, the career and the life that I have now. Yeah, for sure. What I always say is sacrifice now, eat later. Amen. Amen. <laughs> eat well later. Not Sizzler. I'm talking about prime steak. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, and then, then just take me through um, like your journey through sports broadcasting, because I, I think as a lot of people know, you have to you, you start at like a smaller market and you work your way up. Yeah, I mean, so like I said, the day I got out of military, I'm talking about like I got discharged about eight o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And at eight o'clock in the morning, 801, I remember my first sergeant saying, So, you know, Airman Hill, Sergeant Hill, what are you gonna do now? And I like shit, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a job. You know, for six years, I ain't had to worry about that, man. I was yeah. good now. In the meantime, I had been sending out all these resume tapes, all these TV stations trying to get a job and I've been turned down. I always tell the story. I sent out 75 resume tapes and I got 72 rejection letters, you know? So it's always these no's and I got three callbacks and basically two was critiquing my tape. One was telling me how bad I was and maybe I shouldn't do this shit, you know what I mean? But there was one that was one in Hagerstown, uh, Maryland, which was about 80 miles away from where I was living uh, near Fort Meade, Maryland. Uh, they had called me and about two, three weeks before I got out of military, I went and did a job interview in a snowstorm and got there. And I guess impressed and I didn't hear anything back. I didn't know if I was gonna hear anything back. I always was told, hey, don't call them because that might turn them off or whatever. And so I was just waiting and I was like, you know what? I don't have a job. What am I gonna do? I don't know, I'm married. Man, I'm staying with a friend now because we already packed up our apartment. Maybe I'm just gonna go live with my brother for a minute down in Virginia and just work it out. Maybe work at Costco. I don't know. Cause I had turned down other jobs. Yeah. You know, I had a top secret clearance. And I had turned down jobs that you need a security clearance to have. I'm talking about good jobs. I could have been making like 80, $85,000 a year straight out the military at the age. I was 24 at the time, right? Mm-hmm. And back in 1995, that was really good money. Still is today to be honest Thank with you. you. but you know, at that time. And I said, no, I wanted, I wanted to get into broadcasting. And so when I discharged, he asked me, didn't know, went to my friend's house, took a nap, two hours later, got a phone call. It was Bob Borengester, news director, Hagerstown, Maryland, asking me if I wanted the job. And that's how I began, man. So all glory and praises to God, man, because I was out of work for two hours at that time and it worked out for me. So since you, since you brought up the money, could you tell me how much your first job was for? Yes, exactly. I'll tell you, it was, uh, I was making less than $7 an hour. <laughs> yes. So think about this. Yeah. I turned down a job. <laughs> I'm married. I'm married. <laughs> and I military benefits. I'm talking about medical, all that stuff, dental, everything's paid for. I'm taking care of my kids, you know, not, not kids, but my wife and got privileges at the, the, the commissary and BX and all that type of stuff. And once you out, that stuff leaves unless you go into the reserves, right? So I ain't got a job, I ain't got benefits, I ain't got medical, I ain't got dental, I ain't got none of that type of stuff, you know what I mean? Uh, so I'm like, oh, damn, and get that job. And then I turned down an $85,000 a year job and I'm telling my wife, look, hey, this is what I wanna do. And you know, she, she backed me and I give her credit for that. And you know, even though we're not together anymore, I give her credit for all that type of stuff. She, she believed in me. And then I get that job and then I tell her, Yo, I mean, I think I was making like six seventy-five an hour, you know, my first job. And so imagine that. But it was my passion. Yeah. It was what I wanted to do. And this is the lesson that I always tell kids. I'm like, sometimes you got to sacrifice the money in order to, 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 to have your happiness. You want to buy your happiness in a sense with a job that you enjoy going to. I always say, if I gave you $10 million right now, but I said you had to have a career, you got to get up and go to work and do something, what would you do? This is what I would have done. 
I would have chosen broadcasting over anything, being a sportscaster. And so I started making six seventy five dollars an hour, six seventy five an hour for the first six months, and then I got another job though six months later in Fresno, and I was making thirty thousand a year then. 30, 35,000. And then I got to Nashville within two years of my first job and I was making 50,000. And then two years after that, 70,000. And by, by year five, I was making over a hundred thousand dollars a year. So I was able to gradually move up doing what I wanted to do, having that passion, gaining that experience, having a smile on my face every day, make the money survive, make the money eventually and continue to climb because I went with my passion and not looking at the dollar signs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think a lot of people uh, kind of forget, like, you know, you, you really do have to start somewhere at the bottom and get the experience and then you you get the better offers and better offers and better offers like you just explained. Yep. Um, and then what about, what, what was it like to, to join ESPN? Was that like one of your goals? Uh, actually, it wasn't. It, it wasn't. I, I, you know, I always... Because when I was going coming up through the local markets in Hagerstown, Fresno, in Nashville, when I was in New York, I remember somebody said, hey, uh, they, they wanted me to audition at ESPN. I went up there and auditioned. I didn't really like it. I'm like, uh. so as a matter of fact, when I auditioned, I auditioned before I got the job in New York. And I remember my agent called me and she said, hey, you got the job. And I was like, which one? And she said, the one in New York. And I was happier to go to New York because that was where, where I was born. I was like, okay, I get to go back home, work at a regional market, MSG, Fox Sports. I didn't really think about ESPN, didn't really want to go there to be quite honest with you. Uh, but it just so happened that over a period of time because what happened in New York after 9-11 and then Dallas where I got fired, I needed a job. And ESPN brought me in for another audition and they hired me and that, that's the, the, you know, the rest is history. After, like I said, nine years of being there, but uh, no, to answer your question, I, it wasn't my dream coming out. Like, I want to be on ESPN. A lot of people used to tell me when I was in, in local markets, oh, you're going to be on ESPN one day. You're going to do this. You're going to do it like, okay, I will be happy in the top 10 market, make a lot of money in a good city. That's the way I was looking at. So those are my goals, but God had bigger plans for me. And thank God he did. Yeah, for sure. And then what about like, what was the differences just like working at ESPN versus Fox Sports 1? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always had to be careful when I answer that question, man. The difference is, okay, ESPN is worldwide leader. I respect and love what ESPN does. They are still the king. They really are. I work at Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports, love what I do over there, but ESPN is still the king. When you look at the ratings, they're still the king. They still got it. Worldwide, everybody talks about them. So they have a great platform. I love that. Uh, the difference for me being at Fox Sports 1 uh, is that I'm happier. I'm in LA first and foremost, nothing against Connecticut, but you know, just, you know, and you know, Connecticut, LA for me, maybe for a lot of great state, Paul, great state. Don't get me wrong. I know you live there. Great state. Wasn't necessarily for me, but I lived there for nine years. So I did my time. Okay. I served my time. So coming out to LA was always a dream of mine. So that's number one, but then Fox sports really wanted me to be me. They really wanted me to be myself at ESPN. I got there and I lost myself. I lost who I was. I lost mm -hmm. my voice because, you know, there are so many different people that try and mold you and tell you how you should do this. And then you're scared because you got to remember, you know, I lost my job in New York because of 9-11. I get fired in Dallas. So the last two jobs I had, I'm out of work. So now I want to keep this job. So I got to do whatever the powers that be tells me to do. So I'm a little bit afraid and I go in and I become basically a puppet. 
and I lost myself and I didn't know who I was. Now it I lasted for nine years, but after a while, I was like, you know what? I got to refine myself. And so the last couple of years, I started doing that. And then I got fired from ESPN. <laughs> but once again, sometimes your biggest burdens turn out to be your biggest blessings because the day I got fired from ESPN is the day I actually flew out to LA and the next day I got a job at Fox. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know like about you, but like every time something like job wise or something like falls through for me, I feel like something else just like happens. And it's just like, yeah, like you said, like it's just like for a reason. Yeah. Oh yeah. God has a plan for us all. You know, like, you know, when one door closes, you know, there's a window that's open. I, I strongly believe that. And I've gotten to the point where, you know, yeah, it's a disappointment when you first find out something like that happens. If you lose a job or, you know, something that you really want, it doesn't come through. There's a little disappointment, but I always believe that something better is going to come along. Actually, something like that just happened recently after, you know, I got this job at BNC. I had an opportunity to do some acting. And because I just got this job at BNC, I wasn't able to take this role. And it was a nice role as an actor. I've always wanted to be an actor. And I finally got a part that I auditioned for that I booked. And my schedule just doesn't collide. But, you know, disappointment. I wish I could do it. I wish I could do both, whatever. But unfortunately, I can't. But I also know that, you know what, what's for me is for me. And maybe God has a plan that will lead me to bigger and better things because I had that audition, because people saw me. Maybe they'll say something two or three years down the line. Oh, we saw this guy before. We liked him. We wanted to hire him. Bam, let's bring him in to do this. So, you know, I, I know everything happens for a reason. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, like I saw one of your, your pinned tweet is, um, I've had sec- I had I had success, but I don't consider myself successful. Being successful to me is to attain my your full potential. I'm mm-hmm. I'm at about thirty percent, but I ain't nowhere near done yet. Just watch me. So, yeah. could, could you explain that? Yeah, I mean, because a lot of people look and say, well, you've been on ESPN, you're on Fox Sports, you're on this national show now, you got your own show, uh, you know, Housewives, all this, man, you, you man, you, you're successful. Now, successful, I've had success. And that's what I said. I've had success. I've had wins. And yes, I'm in a good position and I'm blessed and I'm thankful for that. But do I consider myself successful? Do I consider myself there? You know what I mean? Where, hey, my goal, because you got to think about this. When you set a goal, Mm-hmm. You set goals, right? You set a lot of goals. Now, to set the ultimate goal, that means you have to reach that ultimate goal. I have not reached that ultimate goal. So I've had success on my journey to being successful because I have not attained, once again, my full potential. I know there's so much more that's still left inside of me that I want to do. I want to do things behind the scenes. I want to host another talk show. I still want to do this morning show. I want to produce some things. I want to act. I want to write another book. Those are things that I, I just want to become a person that is a, a full conglomerate, so to speak, you know, so I can leave a lasting legacy behind and make an impact on society. So that is when I would consider my success, myself successful. And right now, that was about 30% when I wrote that. I'm probably about 40% now, because uh, since then, I've had a, a, another show, and then this show coming. So I'm getting there. And once again, uh, getting booked for an acting gig, I'm getting there. But I still have at least halfway of my full potential to reach, and uh, I'm still not done yet. I'm still working hard until I get there. I like that. I like that. Um, what advice would you give to young broadcasters trying to like make it? Do what you're doing. Like you, man, I, I, I admire what you're doing. I admire, you know, like you're reaching out and, you know, hey, take a chance, man. Um, don't listen to the no's. 
don't get discouraged by the no's because you're going to hear a lot of them. Once again, I told you I sent out 75 tapes. I got 72 no's. I basically got 74 no's, but I only had one yes. But it was the right yes. And it was the right yes at the right time. Because I think back over those tapes that I sent out. And remember, I was in the military, and that's a commitment. The military doesn't just let you out because you got another job. It's a commitment. You got to fulfill that commitment. So this is how God talks when it comes to timing. I had started sending those tapes out maybe eight, nine months almost a year, maybe, I believe, before I was about to get out of the military. Say I would have sent out my first tape, nice market, nice job, good opportunity, whatever, and they would have said, hey, you're hired. This would have been maybe in April, March, April of 1994. I got out of the military in February 1995. I still had eight months, nine months of my commitment for the military. They don't just let you out like that. So what if I would have gotten that job and I would have had to turn it down? I'd have been disappointed. Then I'd have been looking at the last eight, nine months of my military saying, like, what am I going to do? So luckily, I got those no's along the way and helped me improve my tape. So I kept getting better as I was getting those no's. And not, I was getting frustrated. I was getting discouraged at times. You know, this is why I'm giving the advice. But at the same time, I kept believing. And I was like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And once again, the timing was right because two hours after I got out of the military, that's when I got that job the one that said yes, two or three weeks that I, I interviewed with right before I got out of the military. So my advice is don't listen to the no's or get discouraged by all the no's because you're gonna hear a lot of them in the beginning, but all it takes is one right yes that could catapult, start and catapult your career to what you really wanted to be. Listen, be nice and continue to network, man. That'll yeah. work for you, I'm telling you. Yeah, definitely, networking is definitely key. Are you ready for some uh, more lighter questions, some fun questions? Sure, let's do it. Uh, what's your favorite song right now? Oh, favorite song right now? Uh, man, I don't know if I have a favorite song right now. Uh, I, I, I I like that ratchet stuff, man. And when it just comes on, I just, I like, I mean, I could, if I went on my playlist right now, like I love Travis Scott. I love all these guys, like, I like the baby. I love all these guys. Uh, but I don't know if I have one favorite song. Like, I love this song right here. You hear that song? Yeah. You know, so I, I don't know if I have a favorite song. All right, I'll take it. What about, uh, are you like a Jersey guy or like a shoe guy? Say it again. Are you Jersey guy or like a shoe guy? Uh, more of a shoe guy. You yeah. know, I don't wear jerseys. I, you know, here's the thing. I've, I've owned, and I'm a huge Yankee fan. Uh, I've owned maybe three jerseys in my entire life. Yeah. That's it. I've never bought a Knicks jersey. I love the Knicks, but I ain't never had a player that I love that much that I wanted to buy his jersey. And I think wearing a basketball jersey over your regular clothes looks stupid as shit, to be honest with you. That's just me. I don't understand why you do that. And then if you wear it without a shirt on, you ain't playing, you look stupid as shit. So why would you wear a basketball jersey? I don't understand why people do that. But that's just me. I understand why other people do it. See, um, I see both football sides. Football jerseys, huh? I, see, I see both sides. Yeah, 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 yeah. You understand what I'm saying? I'm like, hey, you know, I'm not trying to judge. I just, you know, it's just for me. You know what I'm saying? I, I like hanging look. them, hanging them up more. Yeah, you can hang them up. If you get hang them up, you get them signed. You know, that's cool. You can do something like that. But uh, and and this wearing jerseys, period. When you don't, I don't play the game. You know, it's, it's another thing. But I, I did have to buy me two Yankee jerseys. I bought me a Derek Jeter, Derek Jeter jersey, number two, and I bought a number forty-two Mario Rivera because it's. 
it, it really acts as three jerseys because 42 is Mariano Rivera. And obviously that's Jackie Robinson, which has been retired. So I enjoy it. So, and then um, for the Giants, my brother actually bought me an Eli Manning jersey. I, ain't, I wasn't gonna buy the shit myself, but he bought it for me. And I used to wear it during the Giants games, or whatever, when he was actually really good and playing for my team and winning Super Bowls. But yeah, those are the only three jerseys I've ever owned. I got, well, I got a follow up as Eli Hall of Famer. Eventually eventually right. and i say I, I i i love eli manning don't get me wrong a great guy nice person good football player good is he one of the greatest of all time hard to say because i'm a giants fan i know he won two super bowls right two he won two super bowls i get that but is that criteria is that the only criteria it takes to get you into the hall of fame so you mean to tell me you can suck you can have 15 seasons in the league, you can suck for 12 of those seasons, have three really good seasons, two of you win the Super Bowl and you get into the Hall of Fame. I don't believe. Eli had good seasons throughout, but Eli, you look at his record, uh, the season, how many times he actually go to the playoffs? He didn't, he, like half the times that he was in the, in the, in the league, uh, in the league, he didn't leave his, leave his team to the playoffs. And then the only games that he won in the playoffs are those two Super Bowl winning seasons. Yes. So, you try and tell me how, how much success did he have in the postseason and how well did he play in the regular season? I don't know. Eventually he's going to get in because he's got those two Super Bowl rings. Though. You're, you're a realist uh, Giants fan because all Giants fans I know always say, yeah, he's a full, he's a sure, sure uh, Hall of Famer. Mm, he ain't, he definitely ain't first ballot. He <laughs> yeah. definitely first ballot. All right. Last one. Um, like who has been like your favorite interview and, and is there anybody that you want to interview that you haven't interviewed yet? Uh, oh gosh, my favorite interview. I say one of my favorite interviews was the time I interviewed Snoop first time, uh, when he came on NFL Live because he was high and I smelled like weed through his bag. He was like, Wow, bro, like you're gonna come in here and the whole joint smells like weed. But he was cool, he had a lot of fun. He was just like, just real loose, relaxed, like you always say, Snoop, real cool dude. That was one of my memorable interviews but my favorite interview may have been I can't even think of the guy's name but he used to be a UFC fighter he's wearing his big chain and howl all the time black dude he had a uh, yeah I can't think of the guy uh, uh Rampage Rampage Jackson. Jackson yeah that's him Rampage Jackson and uh he had this chain on and we had a just funny interview I had this like I had my producer make this paper chain that you know you see little kids make and yeah. I put it around my neck and he had his chain on and I was like man I'm the you know, I'm the paper champ. That's what I said. I was the paper champ. And he bust out laughing. We just tripped because he had just won the championship. He was talking about being in Vegas, partying with Jamie Foxx. It was a good interview. And then another one was uh, with Magic Johnson because we didn't just talk about his Hall of Fame career. We talked about business as well. So I remember that, man. But, you know, I, I've, I've had a good run, bro. Yeah, for sure. What about Dream Interview? Dream Interview would be somebody like uh, – I would like to interview Will Smith. Okay. Yeah. Will Smith is my favorite person celebrity ever. I just I like the guy. I think yeah. he's just good down to earth, A-list, brilliant person. And the fact that the other day it came out that he could run for president, I'm like, I'd vote for Will Smith. Hell, if we had a reality show star as president and you saw a wrestler in Minnesota winning the governorship and then an actor in Arnold Schwarzenegger winning the governorship in California, why can't Will Smith be run the country? He held a rock, and I and I've I've been around the rock before, but yeah, I, I you know I, I love both of those guys. I just think they have good energy, 
and they're just good people. So, and I would like to know more about him. And I think he'd be foretelling, uh, foretelling, foretelling about that. He's been killing it on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 incredible, man. He really is. I, I admire that dude. Well, well, Mike, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, could you let the listeners know where they can follow you at? Uh, you can follow me if you want to on It's Mike Hill on all social media platforms on Twitter and on Instagram, ITS Mike Hill. And uh, you can also buy the book Open Mike in uh, Amazon at Amazon.com, Target.com, uh, Walmart.com, I'm sorry, and uh, BarnesandNobles.com. And uh, it's doing well, and I appreciate all your support. And follow me and watch BNC, Black News Channel as well. I, yeah, got it. And Real Housewives of Atlanta, my wife's on, all that type of stuff. I'm <laughs> everywhere, man. But yeah, it's Mike Hill is on my social media platforms. Boom. That was great.